Last month, Abigail Van Buren died at the age of 94. Among the thousands of letters published over the years in her syndicated advice column, Dear Abby, was this one. Dear Abby, I am 45 years old, financially comfortable, and would like to get married. I would like to meet a man about my age who enjoys going to church. I belong to the First Methodist Church, Blessed Angels Catholic Church, and the Mount Zion Jewish Temple. I also attend the Christian Science Church regularly, but I do take aspirin occasionally. Can you please help me find a man of good character who is interested in marriage and belongs to any of the above-mentioned places of worship? A moderate cigarette smoker is okay, but please, no beer drinkers. Signed, Victoria. Abby replied, You seem to have all the bases covered. I cannot understand how you can be a member of all the above-mentioned churches. To find a good church-going gentleman, have a talk with any of your clergy persons, and be upfront about your interest in finding a man. I'm a firm believer that there's somebody for everybody. Good luck. Abby dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> she should have directed Victoria to the nearest Unitarian Universalist church. Whether or not Victoria found a life partner there, she would at least have saved time and gasoline by no longer <laughs> having to shuttle among so many houses of worship to accommodate her broad-minded and eclectic theologies. There's a little Victoria in all of us, isn't there? We know that any God worth believing in, any philosophy or worldview vast enough to circumscribe reality is bigger than any one church, synagogue, mosque, temple, or zendo. We may have been raised in the one true faith, that being the one true faith into which we happen to have been born. But when we grew up and traveled or went away to school or lived in a city with a Muslim neighbor on one side and a Rastafarian on the other, or maybe, maybe even fell in love with a person from a different one true faith, we found it inconceivable that all these good and decent and wonderful people should be condemned to hell because they worship or imagine or reason in a different way. Some of us gave up entirely on religion, fed up with its dogma, its narrow-mindedness, its hierarchy, its sexism, its homophobia, its indifference to oppression and injustice. Some of us eventually found our way here. My own journey, though not exactly typical, traces the kind of winding path many of us must follow in our search for meaning and a sustaining community. I was raised High Episcopalian in a small parish, culturally and theologically orthodox. One of my Sunday school teachers recalls that I was always asking questions she found hard to answer. 
What I remember is desperately trying to be good enough. Good enough to please and placate a stern, judgmental, and punitive God. Good enough to justify the sacrifice sacrifice of his only begotten son who died on the cross in agony for my sins. Quite a burden for a 10-year-old. At age 14, exhausted by my efforts, I fled the church. Except for the occasional ceremony of lessons and carols at Christmas, I was unchurched for two decades. I suppose I was an atheist or maybe an agnostic, but the truth is, I didn't give it much thought. Any book that talked about God or Jesus, I closed immediately and returned to the shelf. In my mid-30s, grief-stricken from a sudden breakup, I found my way to the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh, a Vietnamese Zen teacher, poet, and peace activist. I began a daily meditation practice that continues to this day. The more I was able to let go of my egocentric insecurities and trivial pursuits, the more I found myself drawn to spiritual spiritual practice and community. As a folk singer, I'd noticed that many of my coffeehouse venues were in Unitarian Universalist churches. And when my friend Kim Crawford Harvey became minister at Arlington Street Church in Boston, I went to hear her first sermon there. I was hooked. In Unitarian Universalism, I found a religious community where I could challenge myself while being myself. Where I wasn't compelled to profess adherence to a set of questionable truth claims. Where the sermons addressed me as a grown-up capable of making up my own mind. And where the search for peace within did not ignore the demands of justice without When people ask what Unitarian Universalists believe, we often point to the seven principles we recited responsively earlier this morning. Actually, Kenny read the official text. The congregation's response was the simpler version we sometimes use in children's religious education, which I much prefer to the official and stuffier version. But since we are a non-creedal community, any statement of what we believe is inherently misleading. So now when people ask me about what Unitarian Universalism is all about, I answer as I shared with the children this morning. We are loved. We are free. We are called. I think I actually tried these out last year for the first time on Gospel Sunday last year, and they've they've stuck with me. First and most important, we are loved. Each and every one of us loved inherently, profoundly, deeply, intimately, loved without condition or condemnation. Because we are loved, we can bring to the community our authentic selves, our wholeness and our brokenness without shame or pretense. 
Because we are loved, we love in return, sharing our abundance of love unstintingly with each other, with our community, with our world. Because we love, we invite others to share with us their gifts, their stories, their truth, and to share ours. Because we love, we honor the holy in each other, even when its expression is confused, flawed, or just really, really annoying. Second, we are free. Free to chart our own course to wisdom, to healing, to enlightenment. Because we are free, we look for truth and insight wherever we find it. The Bible, the Torah, the Bhagavad Gita, the Tao Te Ching, the Quran, Martin Luther King Jr., Mary Oliver, and one another. Because we are free, we don't seek to impose on anyone our version of the truth as if it were the only truth. Because we are free, each congregation governs itself autonomously and democratically. And finally, we are called. Called to our highest and best selves. Called to serve. Called to sacrifice. Called to work for justice. Because we are called, we aren't satisfied with the status quo whether in ourselves, our church, or our society. Because we are called, we reach across our borders to embrace, to learn from, and to be changed by people different from ourselves. Because we are called, we risk everything we know to discover everything we don't. Because we are called, we remain faithful, to the beloved community, even when the work is hard and exhausting and sometimes discouraging. Because we are called, we don't let our petty, personal, grasping egos block us on our path to transformation. Now these are lofty principles, some of which sometimes we fail. To honor. I know I do. But our failure does not make us hypocrites. It makes us human. Like any religion, Unitarian Universalism is a human institution with human flaws. We are not immune to the prejudice, arrogance, apathy, laziness, selfishness, and cowardice of the world around us. But because we are loved and free and called, we can learn from our failures and grow. One of my heroes is Mahatma Gandhi, who led his people to freedom in a nonviolent revolution. Raised Hindu, Gandhi kept a picture of Jesus on his wall. 
He strove tirelessly for peace between Hindus and Muslims. All religions, he said, are true. A few years ago, I participated in an institute on nonviolence at Andover Newton Theological School. Every morning for a week, I sat in a small group listening to Arun Gandhi, Mohandas' grandson, and the founder of the Gandhi Institute for Nonviolence, while he told stories about the Mahatma. One morning, while discussing his grandfather's religious principles, Arun remarked that Unitarian Universalism was the closest thing he knew to the Mahatma's religion. Now, I didn't put him up to this. I, I didn't even ask him a leading question. He just said it out of the blue. I was delighted. I was touched. And I soon found myself composing a new UU lyric to give me that old-time religion. It was good for the Mahatma, without dogma, creed, or fatwa. It was good enough for Gandhi, and it's good enough for me. <laughs> if you are a Unitarian Universalist, I say to you, rejoice and be glad. Share it with others and struggle along with the rest of us, to make it real. A religious movement worth growing and growing into. And if you are new to Unitarian Universalism, I say to you, welcome. Bienvenidos, bienvenidas. And perhaps, welcome home. Amen, and blessed be.